Uh, I am here to introduce and to pray for our speaker this morning and for the ministry that him and his wife, Amanda, share um, out of the city of Tamale, correct? Mm -hmm. Is where you're based, out of Tamale, uh, Ghana. And so I was blessed a number of years ago to get to know Austin and Amanda, uh, myself, and a number of us went over to do some teaching um, over there. Uh, Training Tomorrow's Leaders is the name of their ministry. You'll be able to see um, a booth set up in the lobby, and I hope that you'll take even a few moments to just uh, get, get more acquainted with that. We have been um, partnering with them in ministry for a number of years together and had an opportunity to even talk again last night about our next trip when COVID dies down sometime in the next few years uh, to go back over and to do some more teaching, and we are excited about that. So our brother is going to be preaching us to us today from the text that, that Robin read, and I pray that our hearts and minds would be open. We're looking forward to hearing what he has to say begin by praying for for him and for the ministry uh, that he leads. God, we thank you so much for Austin, um, for the call that you have put on his life. We are grateful that you have um, not only done so, but you have blessed us by by introducing us to each other. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for uh, the work that is happening in Ghana. I'm grateful for the, the blessing that I had to see him, uh, Father, there leading those, um, those pastors, um, just his passion and uh, his, his, the way he is devoted to you. Um, I just pray for him and Amanda, and uh, Father, I pray that you would give them strength. Um, we thank you so much that they are able this semester to, uh, to share their lives and their ministry at Ozark Christian College, and I pray that their time teaching and uh, being an influence there uh, would not only strengthen your church, but just remind us of um, how much of a God of the world that you are. And uh, Father, I pray that you would anoint our brother today and that the words that he speak would be the words that we, uh, Father, need to hear. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Sunnybrook. Um, I am very excited to be here this morning. Uh, the last time we were here was about three and a half years ago. Um, and if you look on the, I think, the missionary board, uh, you will see that our son Harrison who is uh, about four and a half years old now, uh, was actually six months. Yesterday, when we started setting up, he saw his picture. He's like, that's me. I'm like, yeah. Uh, he actually learned how to crawl um, at the home of the, uh, of the Weezes. So it's uh, definitely uh, interesting. He's obviously running around now. And we have another daughter, Evie, uh, that we are blessed with. And just thankful to God for the opportunity uh, to be here in the States and uh, teaching at Ozark, um, and um, w- what a year to, to, to be here. We were supposed to come last fall, um, and because of COVID, that couldn't happen, so we ended up uh, with us here in the spring semester, but obviously one of the worst, coldest, um, you know, experiences I have ever had, um, and uh, it, w- one of the days, Amanda actually took a screenshot of the weather, it was minus one degree, here in the States, and in Ghana, it was 101 degrees, so there was about a 100 degree difference between the weather. Uh, at that time, I was craving for some warm weather uh, to be pushed our way. Um, it's, 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 just, it's just a blessing to uh, be here at Sunnybrook and uh, to just have an opportunity to uh, go into God's Word, and so let's, let's do exactly uh, that. The text we read uh, is actually about Jesus 
um, during his time in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, you know, as I pondered over uh, what to share, I wanted to share about the garden, uh, Gethsemane, the Garden of Sorrow. And definitely, that, that was what it was for Jesus. Um, we, uh, we, we've all gone through situations where we, when we're lonely, you're, crave, you're looking for someone you can talk to, someone you can draw close to. I think we've all had experiences like that, especially with, you know, the pandemic. But uh, it's, it's also possible to actually be lonely in a crowd of people. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but that, that, that can happen. Um, sometimes you end up with a group of people you're, you're not familiar with or um, who just don't understand you. Uh, in, in some cases, uh, if you travel internationally and you're supposed to connect with someone at the airport and you, you get there but the person is not there, you're in the midst of people. There are all these people around you, but you are still lonely. You're looking for that person with either the name card or, or just hoping that someone would be able to you know, point you out and say, hey, I am here to get you. Um, what, what's worse is if that person doesn't show up at all, <laughs> then it becomes a, a very difficult situation. You are wondering what you're, you're going to do, uh, and, and you're hoping that you know, people would be able to understand what, you, what you're saying. Uh, if you end up in a country where they don't speak English, uh, that, that becomes a challenging situation. Um, if you, perchance, find someone who speaks English, then it feels like you even know the person because you have that connection with language. Uh, I don't know if you've been there, but being in missions, uh, we, we hear stories of, of you know, people not showing up on time at the airport or things like that. So you can be lonely uh, in the midst of people. Uh, and I, 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 I want to say that this time in Gethsemane was one of the loneliest times for Jesus. Even though he was in the, in the midst of people, he was with people that he knew, he was in prayer with his father, it, it, was, it was a time of, of, of difficulty, it was a time that was lonely for him. And I, I've had an experience like that. In 2007, I was traveling um, on a three-day bus trip from Ghana to Niger. Niger is, well, the country north of Nigeria, uh, right on the Sahara Desert, um, has 95% Muslim population, and I was going there to, for an internship. Um, and so we, we, I got on a bus and started traveling. We went um, uh, east, uh, past Ghana, to Togo, to Benin, and we were going all the way up north. This time, uh, the bus I was on had mostly Nigerians, so all of them were either speaking Zama, which is the, you know, the, the, the tribal language of the people, or they were French-speaking, and my French was really bad. I was connecting with a Ghanaian missionary who was in Niger. Well, the, 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 the same time I was traveling was also the Muslim month of Ramadan, and so what happened was almost everyone on the, on the bus, I, I, I think everyone on the bus was Muslim, and so when, when, when the driver would drive for a distance during their time of prayer, he would stop and they would all come out, roll out their mats, and proceed to pray, and I would sit with my Bible. Well, when this happened, you know, a couple of times, I started getting really lonely. Um, I was getting all these glares and looks, and I was wondering, I mean, what am I doing? Um, but interestingly, you know, it, it actually drew me to God. I spent time, you know, studying and praying myself, and I tell you, our time, my time in in Niger was one of the, the best times. It opened my eyes to work with, working with Muslims, which our mission does today, but obviously it was a difficult, difficult time. 
Uh, when, when we look um, in the Old Testament, you, would enco- you encounter people um, who have also gone through times when, you know, people just, they, 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 they get lonely. Uh, someone like Moses uh, comes to mind. Um, the people of Israel, during the time of, of, of Moses' leadership, turned on him. Even his own siblings, Aaron and Miriam, turned on him. Uh, and, and Moses had to turn to God, and God spoke, you know, for him. Uh, I see the situation uh, with David. Uh, David, you know, when he was running from, from, from King Saul, had men who were around him, about 600 strong men who were, were called mighty men. They fought. They were willing and ready to give their lives for him. But we encounter Moses in 1 Samuel chapter 30 uh, when uh, Moses' family, his, his two wives, and everything he had was taken away by the Amalekites. You, you encounter Moses and these 600 men at a time when they were filled with sorrow. They were, they, they were going through a difficult situation. They did not know what to do. And these men who were strong protectors of David actually turned on him. They, had, they even thought in their minds to stone him to death. And, and the Bible says that Moses turned to God. The Bible actually says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, we see in the life of Elijah the prophet, after he had called down fire from, you know, heaven uh, on, on, on Mount Carmel, um, when Ahab went and reported to Jezebel that this is what had happened, Jezebel said, this time tomorrow, if I do not take your life like you've taken the lives of the prophets of Baal and Asherah, then, it, then, then it's not I. And, and, and Elijah, this mighty prophet, became afraid. And he fled, and he, he, he ran to the brook of Kidron. Uh, there, there he was, and, and God said, what are you doing here? Uh, he, was, he was at a time where, when he was lonely. He did not know what to do. Uh, the Bible said that God sent an, uh, ravens to bring him bread and ministered to him. In all these three cases in the Old Testament, we see that when a, a person of God is going through a time of challenge and difficulty, they're able to turn to God, and God gives them comfort. But we see in the life of Jesus, especially on the Mount uh, of, of, of Gethsemane, that at this set point in time, even when he turned to God, because the load of the sins of the world was being put on him, the Father, you know, could not draw close to him. Uh, you, you would think that at this, at this time he would really have the support of his disciples. Jesus was going through probably the most spiritual, physical, psychological uh, a, a difficulty that he had ever experienced. The ministry of Jesus started about three and a half years ago. Uh, before this, he, had, he, he, he picked 12 men that he was pouring into, he was mentoring, who would be able to carry on his, his work after he had gone to the cross. But time and again, you see that when Jesus spoke to his disciples and told them that he would be, you know, he, 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 he had to go to the cross and had to die, the disciples wanted nothing to do with that. They actually did not want to believe that that would happen. They, they enjoyed being in the presence of Jesus. They enjoyed and appreciated, you know, him teaching them. Uh, they, they, they enjoyed being part of his ministry, seeing all the healing, seeing all these great things happening, and and they just could not understand his mission, that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And, and, and I have seen three, three times in the book of Matthew when, when the, the, the disciples were reminded by Jesus why he came. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus asked them, 
who do, you, who do people say I am? They said, you know, some say you are Elijah, some say you are John the Baptist or Jeremiah. And he said, well, who do you say I am? And, 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 and filled with the, the, the Spirit of God, uh, Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, he, and he said, Peter, uh, son of Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, he has revealed this to you. And he, right after that, Jesus tells them that uh, the Son of Man will be taken at the hands of, of, of evil men and will, will be put to death, but he will be raised back to life. The Bible tells us right there that Peter drew Jesus to the side and rebuked him. He said, this should never happen. And, 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 and you, that, that just tells you how connected they were to him, how they wanted to embrace him and not allow him to go to the cross. The, the Bible tells us that Jesus actually pulls uh, Peter aside. He rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance for me. You are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. That is not the, the, the only time we see uh, uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration in, in Matthew chapter 17, when, when, when Jesus, you know, the Bible said that uh, right there on the mountain, Peter, James, and John, they were in the inner circle, circle of Jesus. They were the closest of the disciples, the, the, the men that Jesus drew closest to himself. Whilst they were on this mountain, the Bible says that Jesus shone as white as light. And there was Moses and Elijah standing with him. Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets. And, and, and the Bible said that Jesus outshone them. And, and, and these men became afraid. And, and, and they heard a voice that thundered from heaven speaking and saying that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Well, you would think that when God spoke and said, listen to him, they would listen to what Jesus had to say. Right after that, Jesus said, I, I have to go to the cross. I, I will be put to death, but I'll be raised back to life. And they, the, 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 the Bible said they were disturbed uh, in, 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 in their souls. They did not appreciate or, or, or want that to happen. We see again Jesus telling them this in, in Matthew chapter 20, that he, he would be uh, taken at the hands of of the Pharisees and the, the Sanhedrin, he would be put to death, but he would raise back to life. They, they, they did not want to believe any of this. When we come to Matthew chapter 26, which is the main text uh, we're, we're, we're looking at, right at the beginning, you, you begin to see that Jesus knows that the time is at hand. He had been preparing them. This, this, this is it. It, it, it. it needs to happen. Well, we, we see at, at, right at the beginning that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had planned on a way to put him to death. Jesus ends up in the home of Simon the leper. And right there, a woman who had been forgiven by, by Jesus broke the jar of very expensive alabaster and, you know, anointed his body. Judas and several of the disciples were indignant because that was really expensive. And Jesus said, she was preparing my body for, 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 for death. Still, that, they missed that opportunity. How we are so much like these disciples. Sometimes God speaks to us and we, we just don't, we don't, we don't want to, you know, understand or even accept what, 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 what he is saying. Uh, we, we see, again, that right after that, he celebrates the Passover with them. This is the Passover feast. This is a remembrance of, of, of what God did, uh, bringing the people of Israel out of captivity from under the hand of Pharaoh. And at this commemoration, Jesus knew that his time had come. 
And so even the institution of the Lord's Supper that we're going to be partaking of should have told them that this was to happen because he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood that is poured out for you. I, I, I will not partake of the cup until we do uh, anew in, in, in glory. Still, they could not understand or accept this. So now Jesus, uh, realizing that they, were, they, were, they, they could not see what he was saying, pulled them aside and he said, he repeated this to them. He said that, you will fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Even when he told them this, right at the Mount of Olives, they still, you know, struggled. Peter said, look, that, that, that will not happen even if I have to die with you. I am willing and ready to do this. And it wasn't only Peter saying this. The, the rest of the disciples equally were saying this. Now we come to our text. Here, here, here Jesus gets the Mount of Olives. The rest of the disciples are around, but he goes proceeds further, and he brings these three, three men with, 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 with him, Peter, James, and John. Uh, they, they, they had seen the glory of, of, of God as shown. They, they heard God speak and affirm who Jesus was. And, and you would think that for, from, being, from all the things they said, that they were willing to die with Jesus, they would be willing and ready to support him in, in his deepest and darkest time. Because Jesus tells them that his, his soul was, 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 deep, was lonely. He, he, he was going through so much torment that he, he needed their help and support. What, what happens when, when Jesus was praying, these men were sleeping. They could not even watch with Jesus. And Jesus uh, for, for twice came to them and said, could you not even, I mean, just, just watch and pray with me. You, 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 you just cannot do this. The Greek word uh, for, for, for what Jesus was going through, uh, it's, it's interpreted as uh, being exceedingly sorrowful. Uh, it, it actually means to be hemmed in on every side and to be crushed in, 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 in agony and, and, and in pain. That was what Jesus was actually enduring. Uh, and and it, is, it is not lost on us that the word Gethsemane actually means the wine press. Right there at Gethsemane, we see Jesus being crushed and pressed on all sides. Uh, he, he turns to the Father asking for the cup of judgment to be taken away from him. But the Father, you know, the, the, this, the Father does not respond uh, to his prayer. He comes back to his, his friends and they're asleep. He goes back to the father. If this has to be it, I know you can do all things, but if this has to be it, let your will be done. When he returns to his friends, they're asleep again. And then finally he, he, he goes and prays, prays a prayer a third time. One of the things we, we note about this is that even when the weight of the sins of the world was being placed on Jesus, he still turned to the Father. He still relied on him. And, and, and I, I think it is important for us to see some of the things we, we, we can learn uh, from, 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 from the life of Jesus, especially during the most darkest part of, of, of his life. We, we, we see what he did. We realize that that cup of judgment, when you look at the Old Testament, uh, it, it talks a lot about judgment and the cup of, of, of judgment is actually the wrath of God poured out on the enemies of God. It is not, when, when, he, when Jesus was talking about the death, uh, uh, the cup, he wasn't just talk, talking about, uh, you know, will, being re willing and ready to die. It was actually taking on the sins of all the people 
from, from the beginning of time to the end of time. The weight of the sin, that separation that he was going to encounter, he had always had fellowship with the father. And, and at this set point in time, when the father looked at his son, all he saw was the sins of the world. And because God was holy, because God is a just God, he could not have that interaction with, 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 with his son, even though he loved him. And this is what Jesus did for us. So we've seen what Jesus did, but I'd like for us to see how he did it. How did he go through it and why? And so those are the two things we're going to be talking about this morning. The first thing is, why did Jesus go through this? Why, why did he have to endure all of this? And, 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 and it's important for us to answer this question because when, when we look at African traditional religion or when we look at Islam, it becomes obvious to us that they do not have an answer to why Jesus would do this. In African religion, there is an understanding that there, there is, uh, you know, sacrifice. Uh, you, 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 you sacrifice something in order for there to be freedom for, 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 for the people. But there is no understanding of a benevolent savior who steps into a situation of our sin and forgives us our sin. Islam is even... Uh, worse. I mean, the, the Muslims believe Jesus is, 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 is this. They, they believe that he is a prophet. They believe that he's a, he's a wise man and a teacher. They believe that he, he was born by miraculous best, even though they believe he is only creation. They do not believe that he is God. And, and one of the things they don't believe is that he was crucified. They don't even believe that his death has any results for us. And, and in Islam, there is this understanding that you live your life and you try to do a little more good than evil because when you die, you're going to get into judgment and how judgment is done is a scale. There's a balancing scale. One is of the good you've done on one side, one is of the evil you've done on the other side and when the weights are set, if the weight goes towards good, then you, you, you go into glory. If it doesn't, then uh, you know, hell, hell is your option. And, and, and I ask my Muslim friends when we were ministering to them, I ask them this, how do you, do you, do you know? And, and, and no, no Muslim can claim that they do. In fact, Muhammad himself does not know. The, the, the idea is that you, you don't know until you get into judgment. But we know because of what Jesus decided to do on, the, on, the, on this mountain at Gethsemane, because he decided to go with the will of the Father and to take the sins of the world unto himself, we know that those who believe in him and have faith would not die, but rather would have life. Because the Son of Man paid the price that we were supposed to pay. Um, we see this in, in Romans chapter 5. It was, it, it was actually on when uh, the song was singing, that... that this is how God showed his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It, 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 is, it is inconceivable that someone holy, someone blameless, would in love do such a thing, would take the, the, the sins of the world unto himself. Jesus was perfect without sin, but he was encountering at that time in the garden a, a, a part of his mission that was difficult. At that time, he was taking all the guilt, all the insults, all the shame, all the pain of the world was being put on him. The father looked at him and just wanted nothing to do with him because of the sins that he had taken on himself. That is proof of love. He did this for us. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he who, knew no, uh, he who knew no sin became sin so that we 
might become the righteousness of God. That, my brothers and sisters, is what Jesus did for us. He went to the cross willingly, realizing the load and the challenge and the difficulty, the pain that it came with. He, he went through all of this for us. Isaiah 53 from verses 3 and 4 has this imagery, and there are some words there that, that, that just opens our eyes to what he was going through. The, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, 3, that he was despised for us. He was rejected by men. He was not only rejected by men, he was also rejected by God. He, he was a man of sorrow, uh, and, and, and he was familiar with, 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 with pain. Uh, he bore our sins, he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows, and yet when we, when the, when we, it, it says that when men saw him, they esteemed him not. They saw him as stricken by God, smitten and afflicted. He was crushed for our iniquities, crushed. Gethsemane, he was crushed. He was going through all of this because of love. And there, there is no other way to put it but that he cared so much for us. There is a song that we sing back home. I'm, it's, it's, an, it's an English hymn. It, it says, he paid the debt he did not owe. I owed the debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Now I can sing a brand new song Amazing grace all day long, Lord Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. That is what he did. And all he has said is that all who believe in him, those who receive him, he's given them the opportunity to become sons and daughters of God. So that is why he did it. He did it because of, the, of love. The second thing we want to, to look at is how did he go through this? How do you go through the darkest time? And, and if we look at how Jesus went through it, maybe that would help us when we are going through times of loneliness and times of difficulty and challenge, we would be able to learn from this and, and that, that can be a comfort for us. The first thing we, we see is that how, how, how he went through it is that he remained in prayer and fellowship with the Father. Even when he was being crushed, even when he was being rejected, when he was being smitten, when the load of the, the sins of the world was placed on his shoulders, he willingly and readily accepted it. He went to the Father. He did, you know, a lot of times when we're going through trial, trying times and difficult times, we, 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 we run away from the challenge. We run away from the responsibility. We do not want any part of that. Or, 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 or some people, you know, just don't spend time critically evaluating what they're going through. Jesus knew what he was experiencing. He was not only dying as a matter, he understood that the sins of the world were being put on him. He knew that because of these sins, he had to be separated from the Father, but he still went to the Father. And what was comforting about this is that in, in prayer, uh, we read from Luke chapter 22, that an angel came and ministered to him. Even in his darkest time, he went to the Father in, in prayer, and he, he, he asked God, is, it, is, is there any other way? And this is where we see the humanity of Jesus playing out. The load of the sin, he does not want to be separated from the Father. He has been in, in, in fellowship with the Father from the foundation of the earth, but now because of our sins, there has to be a separation. He had to be put to death, and it was at that set point in time almost like he was enduring hell, but he went through it. He accepted it. He embraced it. And, 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 and that is a, a, a comfort for us, that we can always call on, on our loving Father. We can all, always, uh, uh, in, in, at all times, turn to him in prayer and in fellowship. If Jesus, being, 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 being God, 
himself, sought fellowship with the Father, then we definitely need to turn there. When, when times are hard and trying and, and difficult for us, we need to embrace God. We need to turn to him. We need to look up to him. We cannot look behind. We have to turn to the Father. And, 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 and one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4. He says that uh, he, he will not let your feet be moved. He who keeps Israel will not slumber. He who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. You know, the disciples, when Jesus came to them, were asleep. But our Heavenly Father never sleeps. We can go to Him 24-7 in our hardest and difficult, our most trying time, and we know that He is there for us. He would listen to us. One of the things we see with Jesus and His prayer is that it was earnest. When we look at the Jesus film about the Garden of Gethsemane, it's almost like perfect, right? You see Jesus kneeling down on a rock and uh, he's like glowing. But when you read the text, he, the Bible says that he fell face down. He, he, he's going through agony and torment and he's praying the same prayer over and over again. Is there a way for this cup to be taken away from me? Yet not my will, your will be done. If we turn to the Father like this in all earnestness, if we turn to the Father embracing him, trusting him, looking up to him, uh, he would come through for us. Jesus did this to teach us that, that there is nowhere to turn but to the Father, the Father who cares for us, the Father who loves us. And, and that, is, that is what I want to uh, uh, prescribe to you uh, this morning. That, that is where we need to turn. That is who we need to look up to. The second thing we see, how did he go through it? So the first one is that he remained in prayer and fellowship with, with the Father. Uh, and, and one of the things about prayer is that prayer, when we pray and pray in, according to the will of God, it does not change God, it changes us. It allows our desires and our wills to be aligned with the will of, of, of God, our Father. But then the second reason, uh, a second way that he went through is, it is that he remained on mission. Jesus did not flinch. He knew why he came. And, and, and I tell you, if Jesus had not gone to, gone to the cross, he would have, we, 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 would, we, would only have, we would only remember him as a miracle worker, would remember him as, as a good teacher, but we would not know him as savior of the, of, of the world. He knew why he came. This is why the Son of Man came, to seek and save that which was lost. And so he willingly and openly accepted it. Hebrews uh, chapter 12 tells us that look, uh, he, this is what he did. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising it the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He embraced the cross, the, the worst picture ever. He embraced it. Why did he do that? Because of us. He knew why he had come. And, 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 and we, we, we see today that God has called all of us to be responsible in different things, to, to be on mission, to, to share the, the love of God with others around us. And, and, and sometimes we, we, we kind of get cold feet or we, we flinch or we are unable to step out as, though, as we're supposed to. But Jesus reminded us from Gethsemane why we have been called. He gave us that great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that he has taught us. And he is with us to the very end of the age. Because we have that assurance, we need to be bold 
with our faith. A lot of times our friends around us, our coworkers, we, we, we feel like we want to share with them, but we kind of get cold feet. We are unable to do that. It's important for the people of God to remain on mission, to stay on mission. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane that this garden that was supposed to be a garden of pain and sorrow actually became a garden of blessing to, to, to us. We, we, we remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. This was supposed to be a blissful, uh, uh, you know, pleasurable place. But Adam and Eve rather went for their will and not the will of God. And as a result of that, that blissful garden became a desert. But this Garden of, of Gethsemane, the place of where Jesus was crushed, because he embraced the will of the Father, that Garden of Sorrow for him became our Garden of Blessing. That place of pain and difficulty for him became our hope. It became our salvation. And because of the work of Jesus in, in, in Gethsemane, because of what he did for us, we have all confidence to come into the presence of God with all boldness. And, and we, we, we have that assurance that one day when we get before the throne of, of God, we, 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 are, we are welcome and accepted because he paid the price. Let's remember this uh, through this time of Easter, uh, but let's remember this the rest of our lives. When you are going through that time uh, of, of loneliness, that time of challenge, that time of difficulty, know that you can turn to a father who cares for you. Will you bow down your heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning. We're so grateful for the love that you showed us. We thank you that you cared so much for us that even in our sins, even in our weaknesses, even in our darkest times, you broke the plane of heaven, came to earth, lived a sinless life, and took our sins upon yourself. You took the judgment and the wrath of God away. You were our escape goat. You carried away our sins, and you made us whole. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We're so grateful for the example we have in him, an example of fellowship, an example of staying on mission, an example of prayer. And I ask that, Lord, you would be with us. Lord, we are going through so much, even in our lives. I pray that we would remember that you have been through all of this, that Jesus has been through all of this and he's seated at your right hand interceding on our behalf. I pray that, Lord, your grace will continue to lead, guide us. We worship and praise your name this morning. It's in Christ's name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.